welcome to the MAD Podcast. This is the place where successful business investors and entrepreneurs share their case studies of mergers, acquisitions, and deals. Please welcome your host, business investor, Sean Toole. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the MAD Podcast. And with me today, we have a very special guest, Darren Jacklin from Vancouver, Canada. Hello, Darren. Hey, Sean. Great to be here and great to make a difference. Yeah, well, I'm glad, glad you're here. It's been a while. I've been trying to get hold of you for some time. <laughs> we finally made it. Finally made it. So, yeah, lots uh, going on, right? So it's yeah, great. Glad yeah, we're here. Yeah. So uh, would you, uh, for the audience, benefit the audience, would you like to introduce yourself and just give us uh, a taste of your background, who you are and what you do, please? Sure, absolutely. Bet. Well, kind of the uh, highlights of it is that, uh, you know, I, I built a very successful corporate training business uh, over a course of 25 years in 50 countries on four continents, trained, developed over a million people, uh, including 157 of the Fortune 100 companies. I currently serve on a couple of different paid boards of directors of some high profile companies internationally. One of the companies is a residential and commercial real estate company, helped take it from a startup company to a multi-billion dollar company. We have over 60,000 agents in 17 countries on five continents. We're also publicly traded on NASDAQ. And I also serve on the board of directors of a cybersecurity company. It's a multi-million dollar company based in the United States. And another company I serve on, which is in the medical office space buildings uh, across the United States. We have a portfolio of over 300 million US dollars in assets under management. So I do that. I'm also an investor. I have an eight-figure portfolio of uh, you know, cash flowing producing assets across North America. And then I also have a family foundation uh, where we've committed 100 million US dollars over the next decades towards global philanthropy projects. And we currently have our first Link Leadership Academy school in the slums of Liberia, West Africa. And we look at expanding more schools across the African continent and also internationally going forward in the coming years. And so uh, I love to make a difference. I love to serve people, love to help people. And uh, I have a very interesting backstory I won't go into today on this interview, but you know, I was not your normal kid who went to school. Um, you know, I was in special education. I failed a lot. I had a lot of adversities and challenges. So people see the highlights and the successes today, which I've had some great successes. But in the early days, I was a kid who had very low self-esteem. I was very insecure, uh, didn't have much going for me. And with some great mentors and some personal professional development, I'm very blessed today in my life to be where I am today. So, um, and I'm grateful to here to share some information that can be practical, that can help people and make a difference in their lives. That's fantastic, Dan. Thank you. And uh, just just for reference, could you could you tell us the names of those those businesses that, that you uh, helped create? Yeah, sure. You bet. So the one company is uh, called EXP World Holdings. Uh, if you go on to Google or go on to Nasdaq, it's EXPI is our Nasdaq trading symbol. Uh, EXPWorldHoldings.com. That will give you all the detailed information of the group of companies that we have. Yeah. The other one is called ReachOutIT.com. They're based in Chicago. Reach at IT, it's a cybersecurity company called Reach at IT. And the other company is called Orvest, O-R-B-V-E-S-T.com, Orvest.com. And they're in the medical office space buildings. Okay, that's fantastic. Uh, now, uh, I know that you're active in a couple of uh, niches or niches, as they say in the States. Uh, so would you like to show those? Uh, one's accountancy, one's uh, IT. Uh, would you like to share, let's just start with accountancy. Sure. Can you share with us about your accountancy um, acquisition experience? Yeah. So I have, a, I have a passion for profit for people. I love buying cash flow. 
you know, it's easier to acquire cash flow than to create cash flow, right? So a lot of times people create a startup company. And so uh, one of the things that we look at is I have, I always believe in creating partnerships with people, uh, surrounding myself with more like-minded people who have a different skill set and mindset and area of competency than I do. And so my one partner is a uh, CPA based in the United States of America for 35 years, runs a very successful accountancy practice there. He's also a fractional CFO. And so we've been collaborating lots, you know, virtually over the last while. And we realized that there was a space in the accountancy space throughout North America internationally with an aging population of men and women that are accountants that are actually looking towards retirement in the next three to five years as their exit. And what happens is a lot of these accountants, you know, they just start building their practice over years and over decades. Then they realize as they're getting older, they want to spend their quality of life with their kids or their grandkids, do a little bit of travel or, you know, take on some of their bucket list or hobby list things that they want to do. So we've identified a niche market throughout North America uh, through my partner's contacts of his database of people in the space that he knows that are, you know, in good standing or best practice of accountancy firms that we can acquire that already have a book of business. And so we are just completing on two acquisitions right now of two accountancy firms here in North America. And it's interesting because um, they specialize in bookkeeping and accounting, but they don't specialize in tax auditing. So what we do is we, we acquire the, the accountancy firms. My partner runs all the day-to-day -day operations with his team of people. We keep the same staff and the same bricks and mortar building that they have right now. And then what we do is we introduce other revenue streams that are cash flow producing streams. So if you look at traditionally an accounting firm will have either accounting or bookkeeping or have both. Some will specialize also in taxes or tax auditing. So what we do is we bring what we call ancillary services or additional revenue streams of services. So I'll give you some examples. So we um, have a team of people that work virtually and they will go through the book of business, all the uh, uh, you know, all the accounts that are in the accounting firms and they'll analyze it through a step-by-step -step process. And then what they'll do is they'll arrange on Zoom video conferencing virtually a discovery call. So for example, let's for example, you're a client of our accounting firm and you've been with us for 10 years. I'm just making this up. Yeah. And what we do is we'll do a whole business analysis over the last 10 years of your business. We'll look at everything from your revenue to what industry you're in, your age. There's a whole scope of services that we'll go through and, and details we'll go through. Then as we go through a virtual um, business needs analysis with you, we'll uncover through the journey with you, maybe some areas that where there's some potential risks and liabilities that you could potentially expose or have some blind spots in. Uh, maybe you have some financial debt that's good debt or bad debt that maybe we can restructure for you. Maybe you need a debt repayment or debt repair program in place. Maybe you need some specialized um, you know, tax planning. Maybe you need some financial planning or some insurance planning. Maybe you need some legal protection. Maybe you need some areas in regards to generational wealth planning. Maybe you need to start to prepare a succession or estate planning. Maybe you need to have a family meeting or have a conversation with your children or your spouse or partner. Maybe you need to, um, maybe you want to acquire more assets through mergers or acquisitions. So once we acquire these accounting firms, we then bring them together. We go through this whole business needs analysis and we bring in about another seven to 10 revenue streams. So we just create an ATM cash machine for these accountancy firms. Then we're going to keep acquiring more accounting firms. And then we do a thing called a roll-up strategy. We bring all these accounting firms together. We roll it up. And the next few years, we'll look at to exit myself and my partners to one of the big four accounting firms here in the world. And, and then we'll start the process all over again. So we're focused on the accountancy space right now, as well as the IT and cybersecurity space. 
And so that's our niche opportunity zones right now for the next uh, two to three years. That's what we're focused on. Yeah, yeah, I love the accountancy uh, sector because each of those accountants has got so many clients. They do. And, uh, you know, um, not only are you serving the accountants themselves, uh, but you're also serving their clients. And uh, yeah, yeah. Well, some things to consider also too, Sean. So check this out. So with accountancy firms, number one is they're a regulated industry, compliant industry, and they're very loyal. They're very integral people. They go to school, they come in, their offices are very quiet. They, they, you know, they sometimes may have traffic, don't have traffic. They don't have a high turnover rate. So their retention rates are very high. And also too, and you probably know this from your own experience and friends of yours, when you get a good accountant, you typically will stay with that good accountant for yeah. many years. Yeah, yeah. And you'll tell other people when you've got a really good accountant. Yeah. So there's not a high turnover rate of clientele. Also, from an operational standpoint of financial overhead, they don't have fancy or sexy offices. Yeah. They don't have a lot of you know, uh, brand new office furniture and they don't have a lot of brand new computers. They have basically a bunch of computers and filing cabinets. And so it's a pretty boring run business. And I love boring companies that produce monthly recurring cash flow. Um, because they're just stable monthly recurring cash flow producing assets. And the key thing for me is I'm passionate about global philanthropy. So I like to acquire companies that are strong cash flow producing companies to support Link Foundation, which is our foundation for global philanthropy. So I'm on a mission to transform the human spirit. So I'm very passionate and very driven, very action oriented, because I want to serve and, and solve, you know, humanitarian philanthropy problems around the world. Not everybody wants to do that. that for, that's my lane I stand. That's what I want to do. And that's why I'm really driven by doing this. Okay, so one of my questions is, when you uh, approach an accountancy business, is there an expectation on their part that you have accountancy, an accountancy background or experience of-, of, of For sure, yeah. So, yeah, so I let my partner, so we, we connect with the different accountancy firms that we're looking to acquire in terms of our opportunity zones. When we're doing a three-way phone call or a Zoom video call or an in-person meeting, I let my partner who's a CPA of 35 years. I just keep my mouth shut. He does the talking. Okay. Uh, so we build the rapport and they get to know and like and trust us. But I'm the one that's out there hunting for the deals and the opportunities with my other partners as well. Um, so we all play our different roles and responsibilities. Kind of like being on a sports team. Sure. We know our position. We play our position. And then we just stay in our lane and that's our skill set and our focus. Okay. That's fantastic. That, that answers that question. So, um, okay. So you're, you're acquiring a couple of businesses. Your goal is to acquire how many accountancies? 25, is it? Yeah, so we'll look at the accounting firms. Probably do about 10 to 20 accounting firms that we'll do across North America over the next uh, 18 to 24 to 36 months. And then in the IT cybersecurity space, we have 25 acquisition targets we're, uh, we're identifying right now across North America. Okay, so when you create the, the groups and you prepare for roll-up, is there a, would you say, a trigger point uh amount of businesses or a uh annual revenue go goal that, that then attracts the the personal uh equity businesses would you say sure. a certain level what, what would you yeah so in the cybersecurity it space usually about a half a million us dollars uh, a year we like the mrr monthly recurring revenue and then we like it they have a book of business they've been around for at least five years of a track record and they've got, you know, three or four or five, seven employees that we'd like to acquire as well uh, with that. So that's what the IT accounting or cybersecurity. And then with the accounting space, you know, companies that are doing at least $250,000, I'm talking US dollars, 
but about quarter million dollars a year uh, of, of revenue. And, um, you know, I like numbers, but in terms of specifics, my, my partner is much more specific on numbers than I am. I'm more the visionary. They're more the integrators of running the day-to-day -day operations. Okay. So, so uh, yeah, my question was about how big the group needs to be before it triggers that interest from, from private equity. Is there a revenue? Oh, oh, from private equity. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, I don't know the specifics on that. Um, so I can't answer that. I don't know. I just know that um, we, I, I, you know, I have a lot of friends of mine that I communicate with that are part of the big four accounting firms. Right. I've been in that space for a while, networking, building relationship equity. So I've had a lot of private conversations with them and then we're at the right level. So with the accounting firms, we'll grow to about 10 million a year uh, in annualized revenue in US dollars. And once we get to about $10 million, then we'll look at our transition to go to exit. And then I'll start making the phone calls to line up those discovery meetings to then go through the discovery process, then to the due diligence and to exit and then go through our capital event. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exciting. Yeah. It's, it's great to have a plan and then uh, you start acquiring a couple of businesses and then, and then it starts to uh, get some traction all of its own, isn't it? So, well, you know, what's really cool is that one of the things I really discovered is that, so as an entrepreneur for many years of my life, I did things by myself as a solo entrepreneur, right? Because I like to make things happen and get things done. One of the things I really discovered through a lot of reflection and, and thinking time was that most of our goals do not require our actions. Most of our goals do not require our actions. It's about creating teams and teamwork. And so when I got out of the way of myself, Sean, and realized that, hey, I'm in the way, I'm the clog in the wheel here. And when I get out of the way of myself and start to surround myself with like-minded people, integral people, committed people, and start to build teams, things just started to accelerate for me. So I was actually moving. I've done a lot of things. I've, I've achieved a lot of great success in my life. But when I really got out of the way of myself and started creating teams and teamwork and started to collaborate with other like-minded people, things have really taken off at a much faster pace and I'm having a lot more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds really good. Um, well, it's about leverage, I guess. It is, really is. It's about working smarter rather than working harder. Yeah, yeah. So it's leveraging relationships, uh, money, opportunities, yeah, all of that. Okay, so, um, okay, so, so what would you say to, to a newcomer uh, who was in this, uh, wanted to get into this, one of these sectors? Um, you talked about, uh, well, we'll come to the, uh, the, the internet stuff, the, uh, in a second, but what would you say to, to, to somebody looking to get into the accounting sector or, or the um, security, isn't it? Cybersecurity. Sure. What I would do is identify who are the top five people that are already dominating that space who are best in class, just like going to college or university or high school. You know, who are the straight A students? Who are the top performing students who are in that industry or that class? And then what you want to do is surround yourself in proximity to them, them, whether it's virtual, it's in person, and then find a way. Everybody has a blind spot. Everybody has strengths and weaknesses. And so what I always look at is that where is that individual? Where's that team good? Where's their strengths? Where's their skill sets? And where are they not good? So I'll give you an example. In my days of doing corporate training for 25 years, when I would go meet with the decision maker or CEO or board of directors, I'd say, listen, I want to come in and do corporate training. They're like, hey, we're already running a top-notch business here. We don't need your corporate training services. So what I would do is I'd go in and I'd acknowledge them and say, listen, I just want to let you know, Sean, you're doing 90, what I, what I observe in you, man, you're awesome. 95% of what you're doing is right on the mark. 
what I've discovered is that there's a 5% that you're doing that's a blind spot that you're not seeing. So when, you, when you're just starting brand new in this industry and you see icon people or people that maybe excite you or intimidate you, or you put people up on a pedestal, which I used to do and put myself in the pit, minimize myself, and that was because my self-worth, my self-confidence was very low at the time, and I've built that now. But when you see people that are doing really, really well, what's the 5% that if they just focused on increasing that 5%, would change their cash flow or their bottom line or their business or their, their time and their freedom. So that's what I always look at when I get around people that are more successful, or more influential than me. What's the 5% that they're missing? They're doing 95% right. But what's the 5% that's a blind spot? And this is where you can really accelerate things at hyper growth speed, getting around other people because you're going to feel scared. You're going to feel nervous. Here's the key thing. The fear is going to be real, right? The fear is going to be real. You're going to feel body sensations of fear. Am I good enough? Am I smart enough? All that stuff. But the threat is not. Like I do a lot of hiking and I take a lot of people out in the wilderness and we do a lot of mountain climbing and people are always scared about bears, black bears and grizzly bears. I'm like, listen, the fear is real. We're, we're out in the wilderness right now. The fear is real that we might encounter a coyote, uh, a grizzly bear, a black bear, uh, you know, a wolf. We might encounter a, a cougar. Yeah, the fear is real. You're going to feel those body sensations. But right now the threat is not real because there's no evidence in our proximity right now, that there's any bear around that we have to deal with. Yeah. So when we see people that are really successful and we think, oh my gosh, should I, can, I, can I send them a message through LinkedIn or through their website or email them or contact them or you know, they're putting on some event, can I show up at their event that they're guest speaking at or a charity event? The answer is yes, because the fear is going to be real. You're going to have that fear, but fear does not live in action, so take the action. So just reach out to successful people Find a way to establish rapport with them so they get to know you and like you and trust you. And then through your discovery process, what's the 5% that they're missing that you can provide added value and maybe have a spot on the team? That's what I always do. And that's what I've always done that's allowed me to become really successful is what's the 5% that's missing? Yeah, so, so once you find uh, and solve the problem, that 5%, mm -hmm. then, then there's an opportunity there for- Absolutely. Yeah, I get it, okay. And everybody has that 5% that's missing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they just may not see it, but it, through the through the conversation, that it will kind of. Uh, well, I'll give you an example. So I, I was with a gentleman just a few weeks ago, a good friend of mine. He owns a bunch of hotels, and uh, so we were talking about the same topic. And he's like, "Well, well, okay, so Darren, you tell me, running what's my five percent?" And I said to him, "I said, well, when I pulled up at your hotel, I said I noticed there's a bunch of light bulbs that were burned out in the parking lot." If I'm a woman coming in at nighttime, that might create, um, you know, some security risks for me, right? Because it's darker in the parking lot. I noticed there were cigarette butts on the parking lot, on, on, on the parking lot. I noticed there's a couple of weeds in the flower beds. When I walked over the front of the hotel, I noticed the garbage and recycling had been changed for a few hours. And there was fingerprints on the window. And on your, your lighting, there was a bunch of burnout lights. He goes, you noticed all that? I said, yeah, that's your 5%. Well, you know, it was interesting <laughs> right after our meeting, he went to his hotel and, and he, he was in action doing all that stuff. He says, oh my gosh. I said, I noticed that in the first three minutes when I, since I arrived on your property of your hotel. Yeah. But he's seen his mind. He thought he had it all working all together. But I exposed him to that 5%. And that, you know, the, 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 it's the little things that make such a big difference. And, you know, like even with entrepreneurs, look at where their organizational skills are. Do they, do they dot all the I's and cross all the T's? Are they exposed themselves to potential risks and liabilities? Is there cultural differences? Is there some state or province differences? International travel? Is there uh, you know, different borders of that? 
There's always areas where there's weaknesses within that individual, that team, that you can educate and inform them and provide them value as part of that 5%. Yeah. And just start to look, start to train your mindset on yeah. that and you'll see it everywhere you go. And you're looking objectively about their business and not many people are willing to, to either give them that kind of feedback or see that opportunity, right? Well, you know, like Elon Musk, for example, right, is in the media a lot right now talking about Mars. Yeah, yeah. And But you know one thing they're not talking about, Sean? They're all talking about how to get to Mars. See, if I met Elon, you know what I'd ask him? Elon, I'm just curious. Can I, can I ask you a question? How do you plan on getting back from Mars? Like yeah. there's all this talk about getting to Mars. Yeah. What's the mission and plan to get back from Mars? Yeah, yeah. Nobody's asking that question. But you see, now I want to see what, then all of a sudden Elon's got my attention. He's like, well, that, that's a really good thought. I, you know, we have to think that through. Yeah, yeah. It's not about getting to Mars. It's how do you get back from Mars safely? Sure. Um, now you mentioned the, this uh, uh, security, uh, cyber security business, which mm -hmm. I know nothing about. But I'll be straight with you. But what what you mentioned uh, that, that they have recurring revenue. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So so one of the key things is is um, it's not about a matter of if. It's a matter of when today, if you're running a business, no matter what size, you can have a dental office, you can have an accounting firm, you can have a company doing a few thousand dollars to several thousand to millions of dollars a year in revenue. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when they're gonna get hacked, you're gonna get hacked into, okay? Here's the thing, it's all about your response plan. Now, if you talk to most business owners throughout the world, they do not have a response plan on cybersecurity attacks and hacks. Yeah. But if you're processing credit cards, if you're storing sensitive client or customer data information, you are potentially exposed to a cybersecurity attack over a risk. Okay, of somebody around the world hacking into your electronic server and system. So what we do is we focus on monthly recurring revenue by mitigating, just like you have firewalls in your computers, and just like you have security software on your computers, as a cybersecurity company, we offer a monthly service to help mitigate cyber attacks. And so that's what where we create monthly. So it's so basically somebody signs up, they pay a monthly fee, and as a company, we have monthly recurring revenue. So it's it's a huge space right now that you're going to see grow astronomically all over this planet in the coming months and coming years of cybersecurity. Uh, it's a very lucrative industry. It's a growing industry. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I I like to see not this industry not be around because I don't want to see people getting hurt and attacked. But guess what? That's the world we live in today. People used to break into your homes. Now they're breaking into your, your, your computers and some of that online from around the world. And so yeah. you got to be prepared for it. And so we found a very niche market. I'm around, so I'm the dumbest guy in the group, I'll admit it, around the cybersecurity team. But I'm very good at growth and scale and building and growing companies. And I have a very large network of people around the world. So I, I have the very smart people who understand the cybersecurity world and IT world very, very well. And I bring them together, put them all into a virtual room. We collaborate, create an execution plan, and we run the play. And we're doing very, very well. Okay. And would you say, uh, as opposed to non-monthly recurring revenue businesses, that, that, that the monthly recurring revenue businesses are much more uh, sought after, much more yes. profitable, much more, uh, you know, do, do you get more For sure. uh, profits from uh, when you sell to private equity because of that? You do, and I don't know exactly the, the multiples and the exact numbers on that. I've got people on my team that spe you know, know that space very, very well. You do. You're more attractive to private equity and to private investors when you're getting monthly recurring revenue. You know, years ago, I remember studying John Paul Mitchell. 
um, from John, John Paul hair care yeah. products and John Paul DeJorier, yeah, who's yeah. a billionaire. And John Paul DeJorier, I love watching. He's a great guy. He's a billionaire. He's a philanthropist. And John Paul DeJorier always talked about he was in the reorder business. You know, he was knocking on doors in Los Angeles on the streets selling shampoo to salons. And he said the key thing was he wanted to do was he wanted to get into the reorder business, yeah. monthly recurring revenue, just like with your cell phone bill, your internet bill, your cable TV bill, that's right? right. Yeah. That's monthly recurring revenue for these companies. Yeah. Yeah, it's really powerful. And uh, yeah, I can see. I mean, and that's pretty much with accounting. I mean, as you said, you have one accountant to stay with you year on year. Um, yeah. If they're any good. So yeah, so it sounds great. So it sounds to me, you've, you've chosen two fantastic niches. And I've built some great people. And, and that's a really big thing is I'm surrounded by some really great, talented men and women who are really smart, who are really skilled at what they do. And that's the key thing is you get into this space of doing mergers and acquisitions, acquiring companies or raising capital. Don't do it by yourself. It's, it's going to be stressful. It's going to be frustrating. Start to build a network of people around you that you can collaborate with together. And with people today being location-dependent virtual, there's so many things that you can do, whether it's on Zoom or Skype or other platforms, where you can be anywhere in the world and connect in real time and collaborate on things. It's great. Yeah. Do you offer ancillary services for the, um, for the, the latter business you mentioned, the cybersecurity? Yeah, so we're going into that. Yes, we will be doing that as well. Yeah, we're rolling out some great stuff going forward this year and next year as well in the ancillary services as well. Um, and I'm learning more and more about that space because the key thing is you want to look at opportunity zones, right? When you've got clients, you know, the hardest thing to do is to, to attract a paying client or a customer, right? Yeah. That you enter into an agreement where they're paying you money every month. Sure. And once you've got them, it's about attraction and retention. How do you attract great customers or clients or, or employees or staff? And then how do you retain them? And so you're always providing that added value of building that relationship equity. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's great. Okay, well, um, yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting, Darren. Listen to your, your strategy. I think it sounds fantastic. I love the monthly recurring revenue. And find a boring business that you can invest yeah, in. Boring companies boring that are business. just stable monthly recurring cash flow. Yeah. A lot of times it's the boring companies that you drive around an industrial park and you see a you know, chain link fence company or a porta party business. And you think, oh my gosh. And yet th these are just cash cow machines that people just overlook. Just drive around where you live in an industrial park area or an agriculture area, drive around and start to notice some of these, these opportunity zones yeah. and start having conversations with some of these business owners. And you'd be amazed at some of the revenue that some of these companies produce that you would overlook. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Would you, would you like to mention the, um, the, the, the charity that you've created, the foundation, is it? Did you say? Yes. Yeah, so we created uh, we created an organization called Link Foundation, L-Y-2-N-K, which stands for Leaders Yielding to New Knowledge. And Tetian and I, we have servant hearts. We're, we're big about, you know, making a difference in the world is our planetary assignment. And so we realize, you know, profit for people. We're capitalists. We love making money, but it's not about making money. We want freedom. We don't want to be told what to do. We want to solve big problems in the world. So with Link Foundation, it's ly2nk.org, link.org, or, or you got ugandachildren.com is our website. We've committed $100 million U.S. million over the next 10 years towards global philanthropy projects around the world. Primarily, we're starting right now in education in third world countries and villages because these young children are become vulnerable to child and human sex trafficking, unfortunately, which is a growing business around the world. And we want to disrupt that and create as many speed bumps as possible in their way as obstacles to slow that down, but also you know, take care of other people that are on this planet in terms of education. 
And so we're, uh, we're playing a big game with $100 million U.S. dollars over the next 10 years. And uh, yeah, so we, it's, we're global philanthropy. And then we also do humanitarian trips. So right now we're in Liberia, West Africa. We'll be in Uganda, East Africa, Kenya, East Africa. And uh, we're having a lot of fun. So people can check out our website. And if you want to come maybe on a humanitarian trip, we have a list of people that we, uh, we go through and we interview, see if you're the right match of like-mindedness. And we do, um, you know, as COVID starts to uh, um, settle down, we'll start resuming back to those humanitarian trips uh, two to three times a year. Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. You're doing some great things, Darren. And uh, it's been a pleasure uh, having you along today. So yeah. can, uh, what opportunity, before we, we end, what kind of opportunities would you like people to contact you about? What, what, uh, yeah, what, good question. Are you open to, to joint ventures or, or you know, what is Totally it? open to that. Yeah, totally open to having discovery calls. Um, you know, we, we look at companies where, where owners maybe want to sell a company, like for example, and they've, you know, they've been around for at least five years in business. They're doing a few hundred thousand or a few million dollars a year in revenue. And they don't know what to do. They don't, they don't know where to go. They want to retire or maybe they're going through a divorce or a separation, or there's some challenges going on within the, uh, the partnership of the, orga uh, the organization. And, you know, they want to, they want to, they want to turn the company over to somebody who wants to grow and expand that, but also help be part of their legacy. So I, I meet a lot of business owners all the time who are looking for a way out or an exit, but don't know what the steps are. And they want somebody that's trustworthy, somebody that's reliable, somebody that's dependable, but also all their hard work and time and effort and energy they put into that business over the years that they've had it, they don't want to see it all go to waste. And so I'm totally open to that. And also people that maybe, um, you know, you have an accounting practice or a cybersecurity IT company right now that you're looking to sell, or maybe you know somebody in your network that, um, you know, you want to get a referral fee or a commission fee off of that or making an introduction fee. We're open to having a conversation. You can always just reach out to me through darrenjacklin.com. Uh, there's a contact page on that site. Uh, you know, I have a portfolio of companies um, that I'm invested in with. I'm also an investor in a private equity firm as well. So we've got access to lots of different things. But just go to darrenjacklin.com. That's the easiest way. Or go to link, LinkedIn and just contact me directly through LinkedIn and myself or one of my team members will respond back to you. Okay. Fantastic. I'm sure you'll get, I'm sure you'll get people responding. Uh, to that so well thanks again down i really appreciate you uh, sharing your 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 experience your knowledge and your wisdom and uh thanks uh, thanks for coming along awesome thank you sean for allowing me to uh, contribute and make a difference and be in service to people's lives and i really appreciate sean what you're doing for the world and making a ripple of impact yeah. thank you very much bye-bye thank you thank you for listening to the mad podcast did you know you can watch all the videos on youtube just type in Sean Tool on YouTube. And if you need help with your mergers, acquisitions, deals, then please connect with Sean on LinkedIn and send a direct message. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Mad Podcast.